everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of the Proud to Work in Cannabis podcast. Today, I'm joined by someone I've worked with for a long time, sometimes under some uh, rocky situations, which we'll talk about. I'm, I'm joined by Brett Gelfan, who's the founder and managing partner at Cannabis Collects, a full-service collections agency focused on cannabis, first collections company in cannabis. Brett, how are you? I'm so happy we're finally doing this. I'm doing great. I know. It's been a long time coming and uh, happy to be here, Carson. Brett, did we first meet in 2017? What? I think so. I think we met at like one of the earlier MJ Biz shows, probably back in the day. You guys have always had a, a big name out there in the industry, and I could imagine that some collection issues could have arise at some point. So I'm sure we met, I think it was probably five or six years ago. Yeah, I think you walked up to our booth and you said, do you have any accounts receivable? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yes, I have accounts receivable. And you said, I can help you clean clean it up. Yep. Um, Brett, what year did you start the business? 2017, actually. That's our tagline is, are you owed money? And now that's kind of going around a lot right now in this industry. But I... Um, I came from the Colorado cannabis industry back in 2015. I got my start. I ended up being promoted to CEO of a cannabis company outside of Aspen. And then in 2017, we started Cannabis Collects, which uh, I'm sure we met at the first show that I was basically launching Cannabis Collects in, in Vegas. And that was it, going around to everybody saying, are you owed money? Are you owed money? Because at that time, we were owed a ton of money when I was running that cannabis company in Colorado. So I imagine that most people were probably owed money or going to be owed money soon. So you were working at a cannabis company outside of Aspen. You were the CEO. You were owed a lot of money and, like one does, said, I'll solve this problem. Did you have any experience with collections or you said, I'm going to figure this out? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny question because um, one of the ways for us to increase sales while we were running the cannabis company in Colorado was to extend a, like one of the first credit programs in all of the state. It really wasn't a common thing to do back then uh, to, to extend trade credit to dispensaries. Um, but because we were out in, in, in the boonies and the mountains, you know, in, in the Aspen Carbondale rifle area and trying to compete with the larger growers, you know, in, in Denver Boulder, one of the ideas that the board and I came up with was let's start extending credit. So I went from increasing sales and being kind of a pat on your back CEO, what a great job, Brett, to 90 days later having about half a million dollars or more owed to the company and how to become a bill collector real quick. Um, and it was exhausting. I didn't enjoy doing it, but it's funny because my dad was a commercial collection attorney for over 30 years. He ran one of the largest uh, collection agencies and law firms out of Atlanta representing Honda, Capital One. Uh, and he always wanted me to take over his, his law firm and agency when I was growing up. And I was like, why would I ever want to be in debt collection? That was like the, the least sexy business ever. Uh, but I called him up when I was dealing with this, with, with this issue in Colorado and said, Dad, you got to get back in business. We're going to start the first cannabis collection agency the world's ever seen. And, you know, the rest is history. It's funny. Our, like, actually, my dad's best friend, so really good family friend of ours growing up, he started at collections business and he sold it for like life-changing amount of money and I always was like you know going over to my friend's house really nice house and I was like what did what is what did her what did her parents do and we were like her dad started a collections agency and I remember thinking to myself what in the world is a collections agency but it turns out it's a very big business out there it's 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And there's all types of different collection agencies. There's consumer collection agencies, which are kind of like the ones that you get kind of a bad rap against because they're calling you for your medical bills. They're calling you for, you know, if you pass a toll road and don't pay your state tolls, things like that. And, and, and they're important because it kind of, you know, it's an important part of the process in any business to make sure that you get paid uh, either if you're a credit, you know, a creditor on the consumer side or on the commercial side. The difference was um, in cannabis, really, number one, most larger agencies aren't allowed to touch it or it's not a big enough industry. There's not enough volume for them to really care to touch it. So because we got in early, like a lot of ancillary services in this space and you can really find a niche and double down on it. Um, we've been able to train, you know, our collectors to be, you know, experts in this particular field of, of collections um, and save a lot of headache and gray hair for our clients and brands that, you know, don't want to be chasing old money or throwing good money, after, you know, good money after bad. And, and that's really the reason that I think, uh, you know, there's a need for this in this industry. And hopefully one day we can you can grow this and sell it for millions and millions of dollars and my kids friends can come over and say, wow, what a nice, beautiful house. But for me, really right now, it's about trying to move this industry forward. Um, it's, it's, a, it's about you know, kind of supporting uh, the mom and pops and also the, the larger brands that have good actors running these companies that are just kind of beaten down by some of these shady characters. Yeah, let's move into that. So um, today for people, you know, we're recording in the summer of 2023 in cannabis. It's been a little bit of a rough road. I have to imagine that your business is kind of booming right now because I got to tell you, everyone that I speak to, whether it's founder, friend, or just uh, an operator, is owed hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. I mean, our AR at any time is like probably the number one strain on our cash and our cash flow. And it's gotten significantly worse this year. That's what I've seen and I've heard, but nobody would know better than you. Yeah. And and it's funny because yes, the volume of claims that we're getting are going up a ton. Uh, We're seeing a lot of new business, a lot of new clients. Our agency has been growing year after year, which has been great. And it's really a recession proof type of, of, of service offering. The problem is now in cannabis, especially because the majority of the work that we're doing, as you can probably imagine is in California. Um, we're seeing the same debtors over and over and over and over again. I mean, we have dozens and dozens and dozens of claims against the same actors, which number one, you know, gives us a value uh, add when we're, you know, obviously going against any other law firm or agency, but more importantly, it gives context to our clients to let them know, you know, where we've seen history on an account and what their decisions needs to be as soon as possible. And I'm sure, you know, you're on LinkedIn, you see a lot of comments and posts from different industry leaders the ones that are buzzing the most right now are the like the funny ones or you know the sad ones about being owed a ton of money. I mean, it's really just the big topic now in cannabis. The problem is the industry is just drying up a little bit right now, and there's kind of a max a mass exodus of uh, you know businesses that just unfortunately, some unfortunately, and some fortunately can't afford to be in business anymore, which means there's a lot less money to collect. Which wrapping this all up, it means it's so important to submit an account to collections or at least have a, an escalation policy for your company uh, before you just try to kind of be the nice guy or nice girl and wait too long when at the end of the day, you're, you most likely will be left with nothing because there's only so much money you can go after and so much blood you can pull from a drying turnip. It's just, it, I, that, yeah, I mean, why do you think having, you know, you see these bad actors and you see them 
screwing the same people over and over again. Do people, do you think that people know that they're going to screw people over in the end and are just like, this is just business? Are these just bad people? Do they have every intent to pay and then something goes wrong? I just, to me, how can you sign up for a product or service that you know you can't afford and willingly screw another business over? And it, I just see it time and time again. I don't understand. I'm with you. And to believe it or not, it happens to our own agency. You know, we'll basically collect for a client and then send our invoice for the fees that we're due for money that they couldn't collect themselves. And then they'll try to screw us on our own fees, right? So, it, you know, even people are being chased by an own collection agency that successfully collected money for them. So it's going all the way around the board of, of people essentially screwing each other for money. And I don't think you can just dial it into one type of person or one type of character. Debt collection is really just a, you know, it's really a human to human um, interaction and you really never know who you're going up against. Sometimes and very often it's unfortunate that a good actor, a good entrepreneur, business owner, unfortunately just doesn't have the cash flow to pay, but they're going to work it out. And you know, that those are the clients and, and those are the debtors that we enjoy working with, obviously, because our goal is to work out settlements and payment agreements that can take a lot of time, but we have to manage those payment agreements and ensure that the money comes in. However, there are plenty of, of, of people out there right now, specifically in cannabis, that maybe it's because it went from, you know, black market to now legal, where there's still some shady characters that ne never really understood how to run a business and never really did business the right way that we're used to. And those people are essentially financing their company off of screwing people over. They're basically getting, you know, product and service on terms, and then a juggling who to pay first based off based off how far that vendor is going to escalate the claim, you know, typically, yeah, if we go to litigation, many times, you know, what we call like, settle, you know, settling on the courthouse steps, right, they're going to settle right before it gets to the, the complaint and judgment process. But they're going to, that's just basically stretching out their terms for months and months and months and sometimes years. So, you know, one part is banking, because a lot of these companies don't have access to proper credit lines and, 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 and operating, you know, cash. And then the other part is, okay, well, a lot of these shady characters are just essentially utilizing uh, terms as a way to finance their business, but then get an additional extension by being chased. And they don't really care about their reputation because they either have a dispensary that you know customers are going to, or they're in a, in a place where they're they're okay and, and happy with themselves waking up to basically screw over their vendors, which you know it blows my mind as well. I mean, I can't believe that people would get into business, do a deal, and uh, just decide not to pay until you have to force them with a, with a lawsuit or with a collection agency. So I, I have a couple different ways that I would want to want to go here. Let's start here. If I'm a new business owner, I just started my business or I've just been hired as a controller accountant, some role of finance. What is the, what is best practice to set myself up to avoid getting screwed over by a bad actor or, or just putting myself in a vulnerable position? Like what can I do today to try to prevent what you just described from happening? Yeah. And I would say the first thing is ask yourself that question because so many people just get into business and start these companies. And the first thing on their mind as it should be is sales, 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 but they never think about the risks uh, of, of improper credit or collection policy. So number one, it's ask yourself that question and figure out 
what can you do to pr- protect yourself? From the bare minimum, we see many times people not even having you know proper invoices being sent out, right? So making sure you have a paper trail and making sure you have you know at least a bare minimum of administration uh, on your bookkeeping and accounting side is the bare minimum. Um, taking that a step further, because I think most of the players now are a step further than that, is, is we need to ensure that we have proper credit policy, right? So what is a credit policy? Well, if you're going to extend any type of terms, if you're not getting paid on delivery, you are acting as a bank. End of story. The minute that you're giving someone time to pay you back, you are literally acting as a bank. And if you're acting as a bank, what are you going to do to ensure that number one, the customer you're doing business with can pay you back and has, has the merit and means to pay you back? And number two, what happens if they don't pay you back? Um, so these are all things that need to be included in, at, you know, at minimum, like an onboarding agreement with your clients. I'm sure Banks, and I know Banks has a pretty solid terms and conditions uh, with default language. Every it, took cus- a t- it took time. It took time. It took time. We got screwed over by a lot of people first. Right. So if you're new and uh, hopefully if you're listening to this, you know, the easiest thing to do is spend a little bit of money with your local attorney and making sure you have a strong agreement. I know it's, it's not fun to think about, but an agreement should include default language that consists of interest, cost of collection, um, other language that you can put in there to really protect yourself in case someone defaults. But nine times out of 10 right now, when we're seeing claims being processed through our agency, all we see is a manifest and, uh, and an invoice. It's very uncommon to have you know an actual sales agreement being signed and you know, you really can't charge interest or have any of this recourse unless you have a signature from your customer agreeing to interest and agreeing to these terms around default language, which is something that a lot of people aren't aware of. They'll say, oh, just charge them finance charges, you know, if they go past due. But no, that needs to be an agreement in the very beginning of a sales process. I really like the line that you said of like, the minute you are giving someone time to pay, you're becoming a bank. And so- right. What is your what is your policy? That's crazy that people don't have contracts. I mean, number one, you need to have a contract. But then, okay, so assume, all right, I start my business. I have a contract. In the contract, I include default language, cost of collections language, interest, all of those tactics. If I wanted to create a policy that just is like a standard collections policy, here's how this goes down. I send the invoice, then three days later, I follow up with an email. Two days later, I follow up with a call. Do you have any tips on how a collections person or maybe a salesperson or a business owner, what should happen after the invoice is sent when we start to see, okay, this customer's one day late, two day late, three day Mm -hmm. late, like what should be that process? Yeah. Great question. And it's really dependent on every different company's cash flow, right? Because I can't give a standard boilerplate for every business. So every cust- every you know company out there has a different level of cash needs. But I would dial in, you know, at what point does an account need to be sent to collections and work yourself backwards from there. What we're seeing and on average, if an account is 90 days late right now in cannabis, you should be escalating that account to a collections agency. Um, with contingencies in place, obviously, like if they've gone silent, if they've gone ghost, if they're not cooperating at all, send them to collections. If they are reaching out to you, if you're negotiating a payment agreement, obviously there, there's you know different uh, you know alternatives to to be so strict there. But 90 days under the condition that you're not hearing from the customer and you have that bad feeling saying it seems like they're going silent, you shouldn't have to think about sending that to collections. And then working backwards from there. You should have, you know, on a week by week basis, what is your policy and, 
you know, how can you afford that policy? It depends on, you know, are your, are your sales reps making these calls and sending these emails? I highly advise against that. I did that in Colorado. I had a sales team of about eight people working under me and they were responsible of collections. There is nothing worse than having your salespeople spend their time and energy going after bad money than closing new deals because there's there's not a guarantee you're ever going to collect that money and you're missing out letting your salespeople do what they do best, which is not being a debt collector. So I would make sure you have either some sort of AR manager, collection manager, or outsourced first-party agency to help you make those calls because you don't want your sales reps who are amazing at building relationships you know, maybe the first week or two, your sales reps can try to get in touch. But after that point of your sales reps, so maybe that's part of your policy, after your sales reps reach out after an invoice is passed due, it should go to an internal AR or collection manager up until about 90 days and then be sent to collections. Yep. I like, I actually like doing it where the collections person focuses on it and then as a tactic, you know, a month or two later, salesperson, hey, this is an uncomfortable call for me to have to make. My AR team is really getting on my case about this past due balance. You know, is there anything you can do to help me? So I liked, I don't, you know, I, this just has worked for us. You wait on the salesperson, right? The salesperson, in theory, has the best relationship. They've taken them to dinner, they know them, they're friendly with them. Wait till the last minute. You know, it's actually very effective for me to get involved at a certain point too. And I just go direct to the founder or CEO. I mean, I put myself in their shoes. If a founder calls me up, another founder calls me up and says, hey, Carson, Banks owes me 50 grand. I mean, that's embarrassing. Like I would not want to get that call. And so I have an AR aging report. And as soon as I, as soon as we hit for us, it's 45 days. I just crank down my list and I pick up the phone and call the founder. And if they don't call me back, I send them a text. If they don't send my text back, I call them again and say, did you miss my call? Mm -hmm. And it's annoying. I mean, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm a collections agent, but like, right. you got to do what you have to do. And I think a lot of executive people don't want to do the work. And like in this industry, you got to do the work. And then of course, when we get to 90 days, I send it to, to, to Brett and he hounds them. So Brett, what happens once it goes to, I mean, once it goes to you, it's kind of like the wheels have come off the bus. And, and that's, that's awesome. You know, and your policy is a, a great example of how a lot of people should be doing this as long as it's not taking too much of your time, even though it is important for you to at least try to save the relationship from a CEO or executive level to make that final demand letter is what, what I always just say, make that final demand coming from the CEO or the owner and saying, Hey, you know, you have this much time and and, and days to pay us. If not, we're escalating this to our collections partner. And at that point, like you said, it, it's going to go to an agency like Cannabis Collects. Um, at that point, the first thing we're going to do when we receive a claim is we're going to go through the $80 million of debt that's been processed through our agency, which consists of like over four and a half thousand claims. So we've seen a lot of the same bad actors over and over and over again. And we're going to use that plus public records and secretary of state filing and licensing information to really do a quick audit on the account, um, see if they're still in business, see if we have any past history. We're gonna spend about 30 to 45 days working the file, uh, sending demand letters, emails, calls, texts. And many times, you know, my clients ask me, Brett, why can you do anything differently than, than we can? What, what, what can your firm do if you're just making calls and texts and emails that we can't do? And I had the same thing happen to me when I was in Colorado as CEO, making collection calls and sending emails I took that book of business from my, the agency I used to run, and it actually became our first client 
for cannabis collects. And we collected, I think, 60 to 70% of that paper within like two months just because it was being sent from a collection agency. And I say that kind of anecdote because there is a psychology of debt collection. And the minute that you are now represented by a firm or an agency and there's an escalation process, those debtors understand that you're taking this paper seriously, more seriously than some of your competitors. And that means most likely you're going to be a priority to get paid just because Carson's not calling us anymore. Carson has now hired a collection agency to do the work for her. And if they don't pay, this, this, there's a good chance that a lawsuit could be filed. And they, nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody wants to get sued. And, and I also think um, to the audience listening, I've had my fair share of bad accounts over the last seven years. And of course, picking up the phone and calling the founder sometimes works, but there's times where there's just absolutely no way that we can handle this. And if you turn it over to Brett, he goes really deep and usually gets it done unless the company goes out of business, which we've also dealt with together. And then we get put on the creditors list, which you can help us with so that if they sell an asset, we get to the top of the list. I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot there. I, I think another thing is um, the public perception. I'll, I'll give you an example we have a customer in California. They owe us $40,000 and they agreed to pay us $250 per week for what, six years or something like that? Yeah, yeah. the rest of your life. So I was like, all right, whatever. They're going to pay me what cost the cost of like a lunch is, but okay, I'm going to take this deal because I don't think we're going to get anything else. And then they started missing the payments. They started missing the $250 payments. And I said, right. listen, to the CEO, I'm going to send an email to every single person in the, in the California cannabis industry and let them know the scheme because I don't want other people to get screwed over. And this got the guy's attention and he started making the $250 payments. So the reason why I thought of that story was because of what you said around like the psychology of a debt collector, the psychology of like not being able to make your payments. You know, I think that people like to act shady in private but when push comes to shove nobody really wants to show that like they're a shitty business person so have you seen what's your experience with that it's a great segue because obviously over the last six or seven years i've been building up cannabis collects really focus and these you know the, the best and most specialized agency to help people collect money in cannabis on the commercial side now after doing that many people ask me some of these same questions that we're talking about is how can you protect myself when I'm owed, you know, from being owed money in the future, you know, what are the things that, that, that I can do to protect this from happening? And how do we make sure that these people don't keep doing this to other people? And I was almost forced into, into founding a kind of an affiliate sister association called the Cannabis Credit Association, which is now being launched right now, which the whole goal of the Cannabis Credit Association is to do just that. Instead of Carson sending out emails to every single, you know, company that you know in California, there needs to be a better business bureau for the cannabis industry. And because of our wherewithal in the industry and our client base and also the data that we have, we're able to now expose kind of the data that we have on collection claims, but in return, get members to share accounts receivable data. So finally, this industry can have credit scores and credit tools yes. that can act just like a credit program for when you run a, you know, when you try to get a credit card, which is what everybody needs. That's amazing. When when is this? When do you? What's the timeline on this? We're 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 we just started founding memberships. You know, as of three or four weeks ago. So it's up and running. Um, we have an amazing president that's running uh, the association. 
we're trying to get as many members as possible, obviously the good actors to get on this uh, on this platform. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if people want to sign up for this, how do they sign up? Cannabiscredit.com. Uh, you go to cannabiscredit.com. Cannabiscredit.com. Um, another another question that I have for you that just popped up as as you were saying this is when you work with your customers, is there a way, and I think you do this for us, of like, we are going to bring in a new customer and we say to you, is this person a good actor, bad actor? I mean, is that a service you provide to your customers? Because you said you're seeing these same bad actors over and over again. Of course, with this new credit business you're starting, this should send a warning signal to this is who you should work with, this is who you shouldn't, but in that's also something you do for your clients, right? So that really, because there's specific disclaimers that we need as part of a private association, that can all be done through cannabiscredit.com. And it's a very reasonable membership fee, so it's, it's not expensive at all to join. Uh, really, the goal is to get members on the site so together we can share data, including data from our collection agency, to not only show kind of a database of people that have been sent to collections, kind of like the, the, the debtor database, more importantly for me at least, is try to moving the industry forward to have scores for everybody, uh, to have, you know, to help all companies improve their own score to stay in the terms of their agreement. Because I know I'm sure we all work with large companies in the industry and many times they have a lot of power to not pay on time, which, you know, I totally understand and Walmart probably does similar things, right? And a lot of big companies are, are in the game that try to, you know, that can kind of bend the rules. But the, what's important is making sure whatever agreement you have with your customer, big or small, it's an agreement that we're going to stick to, right? So if it's net 90, that's fine. Let's just get paid within 90 days. If it's net 30, that's fine. Let's just get paid within 30 days. And I think finally, there needs to be a way to take aggregate data between companies across the industry and ensure that we're all being transparent with people that are either good payers or not good payers. And if, if you want to be a good payer, then let's at least have you notice that your score is not good and, and, and increase it and improve it because you know there's a chance for, for you to get better credit terms if you're not paying it within, within a, you know, a good balance of an agreement. And there's also a, an important part of this to make sure you're not doing business with someone that doesn't pay on time or not giving them the, the, the amount of credit that maybe your sales reps are saying, Carson, we need to give net 30, you know, with a $30,000 credit line to this customer. No, maybe they need to be net 10 with a 5,000 credit line. <laughs> but how do, you, how do you know that? Yeah, this is incredible. I didn't know. I'm, in a, I'm, I'm getting off of this podcast and becoming a member of, of cannabiscredit.com. <laughs> Great. One million percent. This is so awesome that you're creating this. I actually, so Bo Whitney with the Whitney Economics Firm just put out this business conditions report. And in the report, he said that only 25% of all cannabis businesses are profitable. Only 25%. And so in my mind, I immediately thought to myself, okay, 25% of businesses are profitable. There's virtually no capital flowing into the space. This means 75% of businesses are in deep trouble. And so I actually sent this to our investors and I said to our investors, listen, is there a way that you guys as investors can pull AR reports across all your portfolios so that you could see, okay, this MSO as an example owes you know, $8 million across our portfolio. And then you could send an alert to the companies saying, hey guys, we'll be on the lookout for this. Of course, investors don't want to do any work. And so nobody even responded to my email. Um, <laughs> shout out to all of you. If you're listening, you should do this because your companies are about to get completely screwed by their vendors and you could step up and help us here. But mm -hmm. 
understand that you're not going to, but it doesn't sound like we need to because we've got Brett who's basically taking that exact concept of what I just shared yeah. to the masses. So like, I did not know you were doing this. I think this is the most needed thing in this industry right now today. Yeah, we're amped about it. It's been on my mind actually the day I started this agency in 2017. The problem was back then nobody wanted to share data. It wasn't that big of an issue back then for, you know, people had a couple claims here and there, but over the years and what we've seen in California, Everyone's talking about being owed money. Everybody's sick of it. And everybody just wants a better industry to be playing in, including myself. That's why I do this every day. So, you know, there needs to be a quarterback to kind of bring people in together. And it's really an all for one, none for all scenario. Unless people are willing to share their data and be part of an association and work together, then nobody's going to do it. And I think that we have a very valuable asset because we have so much data already as the leading cannabis collection agency that immediately when you join this association, you have access to data that nobody else has. So you, at least you can try to steer clear or make your own decisions based off of some of the debt that we've processed. And then in the next year from now, I'm really hoping that together we're all like, dang, we finally have a way to make better decisions than flying blind and getting screwed like we have been over the last you know, decade. You should talk to some of like the lending companies, um, you know, like... I know LeafLink does LeafLink Financial or Bespoke or all those folks because I feel like they would have really good data. So, so I, I, I've got some ideas for you around. And I, and I really think you should talk. I, I really do think the VCs could be a, a, a big help here because we send our VCs our financials anyway. All you have to do to add on to the package is send the AR aging report. VC becomes a member of your subscription, imports all their portfolio company's data, which would be massive. So I, I'm going to... I'm, I'm, I want to work with you on this. I think this is, I know we're now like <laughs> yeah, but. doing this and doing this in front of a large audience, but this is great. Switching gears a little bit because we're coming up on our, on our time here. Let's talk a little bit about you and your entrepreneurial journey. This is first company you've built. What's been the hardest part of just building the business, hiring systems, being remote, be like, yeah. What's been the hardest part for you as a founder? And, and I'll tell you, I actually had a packaging business that I sold last year. And, 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 it, and, I, and it kind of plays into this because I was juggling both companies. And I think it's really important at, to, to kind of dial in what you do best and where you want to be versus trying to do too many things at once. I think staying in your lane is probably the most important thing to do as a founder or entrepreneur. And it's funny because kind of full circle, um, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that I sold the packaging business because, you know, there's been issues uh, just in the packaging spectrum altogether. There's been issues just trying to find clients for premium packaging. And I wanted to focus my attention into what I predicted being more of a problem. So it's been amazing being able to focus all my time and attention into Cannabis Collects and start looking at solutions to help people move the industry forward. I try to say that I'm trying to make collections cool because, you know, my dad ran a collection agency for many years and it's not a sexy business at all. But when it comes to doing, you know, collections in cannabis, I feel like it's really helping a lot of people. Um, I think the hardest part, you know, getting us to the next step is just making sure that, you know, we're tightening up our processes in general. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into making sure that clients are updated because we work solely on contingency. And if we can't collect money, many times clients get upset. But this is money that they weren't able to collect either. And it's, it's one of those things that we have to at least show that, you know, we're not going to charge you if we're not successful. We need to show that we're actually doing the work and, and utilizing our data and adding value, even if we're not getting paid, because we want to make sure we build those relationships long term. Um, so building our, our, our business development and account management um, department has been fun, but also challenging to find great people, as you guys know, being a staffing firm. 
um, and also really trying to find some of the best collectors in the space to focus and train specifically in collections because our biggest you know um, opportunity is to go up against some of these larger collection agencies that one day might see the value of getting into the space. I still think it's too small for a lot of these bigger agencies, but we want to be totally locked and loaded and prepared when big agencies get in the game um, because uh, you know we have the wherewithal, we have the knowledge, we have the data, we have the experience where they might be trying to you know talk about trim trade agreements and you know what's a nug uh, when we've been doing this now for for seven or eight years. It's funny that you say making collections cool. I feel the same around staffing, right? I mean, I mean particularly <laughs> light industrial. If, if we're you know placing packagers and trimmers and agriculture workers, I mean it's not entirely sexy work like staffing similar to collections, right? I don't really know too many people that grow up and say, I want to own a staffing company or I want to grow up and own a collections business. But I really do think that these kind of not sexy, hard businesses are so needed. So I love what you've done. Totally. You've been so, so helpful to this industry to get people paid. If people want to follow you, connect with you, get in touch with you, hire you, how do we get people to get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, directly LinkedIn, uh, I'm on it all the time. So, you know, at Brett Gelfand, you can find me. And then if you have any issues in collections and you want to talk to our team, you can hit up cannabiscollects.com, www.cannabiscollects.com. And if anyone's interested in becoming a member of the CCA, uh, like we mentioned before, that's cannabiscredit.com. I would love to kind of give you guys a demo and and show you guys how we can work together to finally move this industry forward. Because as we know, it's been a little bit of a nightmare lately. And Brett and his team are working on a training for Vanks to Learn so that anybody in the industry that wants to get credentialed on how to have the proper collections policy in place, credit policy in place, you'll be able to do that right on Vanks.com. So stay tuned for that. It will be live here soon. Brett, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so happy we finally did this and let's go collect some money. Let's do it, Carson. Great to see you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.